All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 731 of Dropping the Gloves. How's everybody doing today? Tim, how are you? That's not even close. We're like 215 or something, but I like where you're thinking. It feels like a lot, doesn't it? It does. We should start doing that. I listen to a few podcasts that actually do give out the number, and it's nice. It's nice. So we should start doing that every like 10 or 15 just to give a, a heads up. But anyways... Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the support joining us today. You know, it's it's kind of a bittersweet podcast, Tim, because there's a lot to talk about in the hockey world as far as hockey goes, but the whole hockey nation was overwhelmed by two stories this week. One was really sad, really tragic, and another one was just you're either – it's a polarizing play. So let, let's just touch on the first one for a little bit. I'm interested to hear your take because Walter Gretzky passed away. He was beloved in Canada. I put him on the same level as Gord Downey for the tragically hip when he passed away. It was a national, everyone in the whole country mourned him. The prime minister said something like it was a big deal. And I, and I liken it to that, which is, which is kind of huge because he didn't play hockey. He, he was not re, like he was just a father of Wayne Gretzky. That that's all he did from the outside looking in. What's your take on it when you hear Walter Gretzky dies? And be honest, be frank here. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize what the big deal was. Like you know, it, he's not the first parent of a like celebrity or athlete to pass away that didn't attack that kind of attention. And maybe it's just because of my age or just because of you know being in, from the states. I, I just didn't realize what a big deal he was in hockey uh, for so long. So I, all these stories and attention kind of made me start paying attention, I guess. Yeah, it's um, in Canada. It was, it was a big day. And he was the epitome of a hockey dad. I think everybody could relate to him. And listen, I've been around hockey. I, I've been around dads of superstars. And they just walk around like they own the place, most of them, because they're like, my son is this and this. He's the man. Open this door. Get me this drink. And they just take advantage of their son's fame. Where Walter, he could have totally done that. He could have just wrote his own ticket anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. He could have done anything he wanted. He still lived in the same house that Wayne grew up in. He, he drove around like the same, not, I don't want to say junkie car. He did not take advantage of any of the uh, situations that he could have. 
you know, Wayne's like, I'll buy you a big house. I'll move you down to LA, all this stuff. And Walter's like, no, I'm good. He was just a salt of the earth, humble guy. And I think that's why everybody gravitated towards him. And he was just a great dad. Anytime you heard Wayne talk about a success, anytime he gave a speech, he would always give props to his dad. He's like, this is none of this would have been possible because of my dad. And the cool thing about Walter is when they would always ask Wayne about like, or Walter about Wayne's accomplishments and this and that, like he would always say, I, I have other kids like Wayne isn't my end all be all like, it's great that he's doing this, but I'm proud of all my kids. And I think everybody heard that and they're like, Oh, that's so cool. Like, cause Wayne obviously overshadows any, any sibling, you know, like he's, he's the greatest hockey player ever. And he's coming from Canada where hockey is number one by a country mile to the next sport. So you figure like he would maybe get some preferential treatment to his uh, dad, but no, he's like any, anytime there's an interview, he's like, I have, you know, other children. I'm super proud of them. And it just, it was a testament to his, you know, his role as a father. He didn't give, give favorites. I don't know. It, it was a big, big loss. I did a few interviews um, with a few people about it and people are shook up. It was a big deal. Like uh, Walter was just a really, really good guy. He, there's a story of him. He had the opportunity. Someone said, Hey, do you want to come out to um, Ireland and play at St. Andrews? which is this historic golf course. And he's like, sure. And the guy's like, you can bring anybody you want. And so I guess Wayne had met some kid in Edmonton years ago who was blind. His name is Billy. You know, they, they really made a connection. And so Walter's like, I want to bring Billy out to, to this course and stuff. And the kid's blind. So he's obviously not going to be able to see anything, but Walter just spent the whole trip with this kid kind of describing everything to him and just showing him around this country because obviously when you're blind, you can't see anything. So that's just the type of guy he is. Like he didn't know this guy very well, this kid very well, and he just went out of his way to just make his trip all about this kid. So I don't know. He just – I never met him personally, but every time I hear a story about him, it's just – he was just a great guy. And usually when you – you know, like Gordy Howe's from Traverse City. 90% of the stories I heard about Gordie Howe were like, he was the ultimate guy. There are a few stories where like, I didn't like Gordie Howe. I've never heard a bad story about Walter Gretzky ever in my life. And I've heard a lot of them, especially in the last week or so. So I don't know. It's, it's sad. You never want to see someone die, but I guess they had a few, a few days where they knew he was going to pass. And so they had some time to tell stories and rehash things and really have some quality time. So that's, that's a blessing when you can really, when, when you know someone's going to die, I think that's the best thing when you can kind of listen, you're going to die and let's really connect. Let's tell some stories. Let's relive some memories, whether it's a sudden death or you can't really do any of that stuff. So I guess they had that kind of going for him. But anyways, I don't know. Sad day in Canada, Tim, sad day in Canada. That's a nice tribute. And like I said, like the, the stories that have come out, the attention, the, the statements from players, a lot of NHL players are posting pictures that they took with him. Um, either as a kid or in the NHL, just obviously everyone knew him. Everyone wanted a, you know, a couple minutes of his time. So speaks a lot to his character and uh, makes me wish I knew more about him while he was still alive. Yeah. He was a type of guy. Like I said, they never sold their Brantford house. So people would drive by because there's Wayne Gretzky stuff all over Brantford. He's got a rink. He's got a road. He's got a highway named after him and everybody knew where he grew up. So people would drive by the house and they would park and they would take pictures and he'd pop his head out. Oh, do you want to see some of Wayne's stuff? Come on in the basement, check it out. And he'd have all the jerseys and stuff in the basement. And he would do this all the time to people just kind of moseying by with the camera. And if he was there, he'd invite him in. He'd, you know, show him all the memorabilia and stuff. It's just, he was just a friendly guy. Just a really friendly guy. So he will be missed. He will be missed.
That was one story, Tim. And then we kind of turned the corner. We got some controversy in the NHL. Your beloved Boston Bruins were involved in a little incident. Brandon Carlo, the puck gets dumped in his corner. We just talked about this a few shows ago, players protecting themselves, going into the boards at a weird angle. He goes into the boards. He shows both four checkers his back. He turns, and Tom Wilson hits him. Carlo's out. Vrana seals the deal with a couple cross checks to the back of the net for back of the neck for good measure. Jack Edwards has a conniption fit in the press box. He's losing his mind. No penalties are had. The game moves on. As a Bruins fan, I want you to tell me about the play and just tell me as if I've never seen it before. Uh, okay, it was a predatory hit on a player who didn't have the opportunity to defend himself from a player who has a history of predatory hits and suspensions and fines and who has a reputation for hurting other players. And I think it should have been more than seven games. All right, so let's break down your statement. What in your mind is a predatory hit? In this particular case? Just in general. What is a, I, I'm uh, not a hockey fan. What is a predatory hit? Could be intent to injure. It could be um, hitting a player, a defenseless, a defenseless player, uh, targeting the head, hitting from behind. Those are all predatory hits. So, did Tom Wilson target the head? Yes. Did Tom Wilson have an intent to injure? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, like, so if you watch the whole shift, like he had just tangled with uh, Frederick. Frederick, right? So he's angry. His blood's up. He wants to take it out on someone. He sees Car- Carlo in the corner and just goes in like a heat-seeking missile. So he's chugging his legs the whole time on the forecheck. I mean, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. We do have it in front of us. We have the video right there. Let's press play. All right. So here's my my take on the hit. This is a typical Boston fan. They see Carlo go down, and they see the person who hit him. It's Tom Wilson. All facts are out the window. They say the guy charged at him from the red line. He's an animal. He wasn't even looking where the puck was, and he hurt Brandon Carlo. He did it on purpose. We need to kill him. He needs to die now. This is the Boston thing. Press play. So me and Tim are watching this hit. I want you to watch Tom Wilson's legs. Is he skating right now? He doesn't take a stride from the top of the circle in. He is gliding all the way in following the play. And you could pause it, Tim. We'll break this down. This is where I think people just get out of hand and the name gets you in trouble. I got in trouble with this. Steve Downey gets in trouble with this. Tom Wilson gets in trouble with this. Patrick Coletta got in trouble with this. If you're known as a player, you're, hold to, you're, you're held to a different standard, and rightfully so. He's had some questionable hits. To say this was a predatory hit I think is outrageous. He does not take a stride from the top of the circle in. He's gliding. It's not like he's like chasing down Carlo. He's following the play. Carlo jukes out Verona. He kind of goes like, I'm going behind the net, and he turns back. And Tom finishes him through the, through the shoulder, and he catches his head into the glass. That, that's the hit. I don't uh, think he should have been suspended at all. Think about the last thing you just said, though. Okay. Catches the head into the glass. No. He grazes his shoulder, but the, but the head is smashed into the glass. That's not what I said. He catches his shoulder and arm, and then he follows through, and he hits his head. It's not Tom Wilson's fault that he catches his shoulder, and he turns him, and he hits his head afterwards, and Carlo's got his face pasted against the glass. 
It wasn't from the impact of the hit. Like Tom Wilson's shoulder went directly into his head and into the glass. I don't. At what point is there an onus on the puck carrier that you can't be willing? Watch Carlo here. Sorry, everybody. We're watching it. He takes Ron. He turns, and Tom Wilson hits him from the side. Carlo did nothing wrong there to put himself. Well, what is Tom Wilson supposed to do then to take the puck? Lift his stick and hope for the best. Is that your argument, John? Just what is he? What else is he supposed to do? He is a physical player, and it's a contact game. I just don't like the idea that. He hit his shoulder first. So the principal point of contact was not the head. That's all I'm saying. So if you're just going by the book, is this a suspendable hit? No, it's not. The principal point of contact was not the head. I think um, it was Frank Cervelli that said it best. He's like, this is going to be the first time ever where this is going to be a a suspension for a non-hit to the head and a non-check from behind. So it's a check from the side. So they're arguing that he just hit him too hard. And he shouldn't have hit him that hard. That's that's the suspension because it's not a principal point of contact with the head. And they're just saying it was a predatory hit. You should not have hit that hard, Tom Wilson. So you, you tweeted out yesterday over under 15 games. And what was your anticipation of the – like, what did you expect? And we know it was seven. I thought George was going to get pressured from Jeremy Jacobs. And I thought they were going to throw 20 games at him. Because he got, he got 20 games thrown at him a couple years ago when he hit um, Oscar Sunkfist, I believe it was. He appealed yep. it, got 14. Um, I thought they were going to give him 20 games again. Well, I'm surprised seven. Like, that's light to me. Just for the circumstances, the team that he did it against, the spotlights that were on the game, the pressure they get from the Bruins, and his history of suspensions. I think he appeals this. I think he should appeal it. Do you think so? So Tom Wilson ended up fighting twice in that game um, to answer for that. Once with uh, Jared Tenorti, once with Trent Frederick. Do you think that the league takes that into consideration at all? Is that like weighed at all or no? No, they weigh the fact that he did not get a penalty on the play. Yeah, but so just- I know that I know that they take that into account, which is silly. But they the fact that he wasn't given a penalty hurts Tom Wilson. If he gets a penalty. Unless the penalty is a hit to the head. That's what kind of saves Tom because if the ref for some reason said, oh, it's a hit to the head, then Tom's in trouble. But because the ref was smart and he realized it wasn't a hit to the head, he doesn't get you know added on games because of that. So I, I don't know. I, I, and then, okay, all the hitting aside, do you think people are influenced by um, Jack Edwards? No, I don't think many people take him seriously when it comes to stuff. They know he's very biased. Yeah, I don't know. I Go on, Tim. I know you're bringing something up. Yeah, so this is a tweet from PJ Stock, um, friend of the show, and he, he says, I love Tom Wilson. Every team needs a Tom Wilson, but Tom Wilson needs to start getting it, and so does the league. Seven games is not enough for a guy with his rap sheet. Carlo went to the hospital. If he hits Crosby, is that only seven games? Hashtag no. NHL. I, I, I hate this argument. It shouldn't matter who you hit. It shouldn't matter the number on their back, the years they've played, the talent they have. No. I feel like a lot of the onus is on the player with the puck. Carlo, this isn't the first time he's been hit like this versus the Capitals. He got pasted like this um, this year. So if you have the puck and you're in the corner – and you're in the defensive zone, you have to know you're going to get hit. Just because the guy forechecking you is on your hip doesn't mean there's someone else not coming down the pipe. You have to be aware of this. You can't just willy-nilly just look up the ice and try to find your winger and not pay attention who's in the middle of the ice, especially when Tom Wilson's on the ice. You know this guy's going to finish every check. Like, Carlo's got to smarten up. 
The fact that he went to the hospital has no bearing in this. I don't think injuries should take any account into a suspension. Guys get injured differently. If, if this is a, a fourth-line schmuck and he gets buried by um, Sidney Crosby, the coach is going to go out there or the trainer is going to go out there and be like, stay down. We'll milk a five out of this. You're going to be off for five games with a concussion and Crosby's gone. So injuries should play no factor into the suspension or the penalty or anything. The player, it shouldn't play a factor. That's the problem with having a person dole out the suspensions because they are human. They hear the outside noise. They see the players involved and it just seeps into the suspension situation. So I don't know. PJ stock is wrong, which isn't the first time. Like he, he just, <laughs> he's wrong a lot. And I, I don't think he has any business just saying, Oh, what if it was Crosby? What if it wasn't Tom Wilson? Do you think he gets a suspension? What if this is Nicholas Backstrom finishing Carlo? Is anybody talking about it? Not a chance. Not a chance in the world if this is Nicholas Backstrom. Yes, they are. Not to the same degree because this is just the latest in a string of like incidents. But yeah, like that's still that's still a predatory hit, and we're still talking about it no matter who it is and no matter no, who's receiving it. No. Except for we'd be talking about it even more if it was Sidney Crosby on the receiving end. For you sure. watch or every Matthews game. This Marner. type of hits this type of hit happens more often than you think. This then why is, very, is everyone talking about it? Because it's Tom Wilson and it's the Boston Bruins. And Bruce Cassidy had a little fit. Yeah, he's a predator. He's, there's no place for him in the game. Oh, man, I'm from Boston. Jack Edwards up there. He, he's an animal. If Tom yeah. Wilson's on Boston, Jack's washing his car every day because he loves him so much, and he's a hard-nosed, tough player to play against, and that hit is a good hockey play. Without a doubt. No, He's no. the biggest homer in the world. When I yeah. beat up Sean Thornton, you go watch that clip. And listen to Jack Edwards tear me a new one. For a fighter, or what do you say? For a hockey player, he's a pretty good fighter, something like that. He cracks the ice when he steps on it. If I played for Boston, that guy'd be buying me breakfast and dinner every single day. You, you know that. Like, what? he's the biggest homer ever. He's a terrible announcer. He's terrible. He's awful. He should be out of the league. He's, he's a big homer. He's not a terrible announcer. But what does that have to do with the Tom Wilson hit? It, it, it happened on the ice. Everybody. I'm watching it. We just watched it with, with on silent. Like, there's no announcer in my ear telling me how to think. I saw what I saw. It was a so you've never hit. heard – you didn't hear Jack Edwards before we came on? No. I didn't. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have cable. I, 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 I don't have cable either. I watched it on the internet. That's how the internet works. Well, we just watched it on Sportsnet, which is not Jack Edwards. So, no, uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard his take on it yet. If you push volume on that on Sportsnet, it's Jack Edwards. Okay. To, to play it, can you hear uh, audio on this Zoom call? Yeah, we can. Do you want to hear Let's it? Let's do it. Listen to Jack Edwards' take. We'll just let everybody listen to this clown for 45 seconds and just try not to barf when you listen to this guy because it's, it's unbelievable the amount of homerisms – that come out of here. It, it, and his partner knows it too. He's like, okay, like, like easy, Jack. Like, oh, you're, hold you're on. Look at this video, though. The caption okay. here. I use the Capitals feed to avoid the nonsense of listening to Jack Edwards overreact. Yeah, it's, so it's just incredible. It's not even him. Well, find the Jack Edwards one because it's just, I don't know. Here, here's the thing where I, I just don't know what to do. What, this sets the precedent for Tom – is Tom Wilson going to get kicked out of the league the next time he hits somebody? Well, because this is not it. a bad hit. This is not a bad hit. The hit that he had two years ago versus Sunkfist in the preseason, or I can't remember when it was. I think it was a preseason. That was a dirty hit where he chased him down from behind, came and cut him off in front of him and just picked his head. Like he picked his head clean. This one, 
He wasn't even skating fast. He wasn't pressuring him. He was the second guy on the forecheck. He hit his shoulder first. His momentum took him into his head. His feet stay on the ice totally. His shoulders stay tucked. He doesn't extend with his elbow. What does he have to do? When does the onus be put on Brendan Carlo? I'm just saying. I don't want the kid to get hurt. But it's just the same thing with me with Louis Erickson. You got to keep your head up. You got to keep your head on a swivel. You have to know that you're going to get hit. It's you, a it's a physical game. Like yeah. this isn't this isn't Europe. You're playing no in the NHL. No one's mad that he hit him. Like yes, they are. Yes, they it's are. The way that he hit him. He's not. You can't. It's like no one's mad at him for following through on a guy in the corner. Like there was a We're gonna clean turn way to, to do the it, NFL. And there was a dirty way to do it. And Tom was a dirty way. He targeted the player. I don't intend to injure. Maybe I don't know. So but what is Tom no Wilson supposed to do? Hit Tell the me. body or don't. He did hit the body. Uh, he hit the head. What did he hit first? He, okay, he could he, because he grazed his shoulder. It doesn't matter that he slammed his head into the boards. He hit the body first. I guess Tom should have skated in there, stopped, pushed him with his hand a little bit, and asked him for the puck. You see players all the time back off of hits when they see a guy in a, in a vulnerable spot. It happens all the time. It happens every game. You're right. Tom, Tom should be doing that more. Brandon it's, Carlo, when he's, he's been suspended in, five times, John. This is, and this I is, agree. Some of his hits are bad. When you go back for a puck and you have the puck on your stick and you already have a guy on your hip who's forechecking and you've played the Washington Capitals how many times this season, you have to know that you will get hit in that corner. You have to know that someone's going to be coming down. You know how they forecheck. They're a 2-1-2 type of team. Like, that's how they play their systems. And that is on Brandon Carlo. The fact that he thinks he's the man because he just dipsy-doodled Verona, I don't like it. I'm, I'm upset that he's hurt. I think the dirtiest play in that whole sequence was Verona with the cross-check when he's kneeling down in the back of the neck. That, to me, should be seven games. That's unnecessary. But no one's talking about that. Did you pull up his, his audio? Are we not doing that? I was just trying to do it. You talked over it the whole time. We need a producer. We'll get, come on. Get, fire it up. Let's hear it. By the way, do you uh, – the thing, uh, we already mentioned this, but the fact that Tom Wilson already fought twice, do the Bruins consider it like uh, a closed deal now or is this thing still going to – he's still going to have a response next time they play each other? They're, they're going to have to fight again. Like this, this is what I was talking about before the season. I wanted something like this from every team. It just creates a rivalry. And not that these two need any more uh, like uh, excuses and reasons to fight, but this is going to, I want to see Chara fight Patrice Bergeron. I want to see it. It has to happen. <laughs> He's on the Capitals now, or I want to see Chara dummy Tenorti. Like that, that would be great. I, I don't know. But no, to answer your question, there will be fights. There will be blood. As Daniel Day-Lewis once said in that perfect movie, there will be blood. Did you, so, uh, did you see Chara going after Marshawn in the scrum and Bergeron like getting in the way? No, I didn't. It's great. Yeah, it's really st- weird to see, but I don't know. But yeah, you're right. This is like what we wanted to see from teams. It sucks that a guy got hurt and, from a, a repeat offender in the NHL, but what are you going to do? What else, Tim? What do we got? Anything else to touch on? I don't think so. That was the big thing, um, and everyone kind of wanted to hear your take on it. It's been fun. Week one with Hockey Buzz is in the books now. We're having a blast with these guys. It's been a match made in heaven so far. So Easy. Um, yeah, it has been. It's been fun. We don't so. want to give them too much accolades. What did you think of the Leafs? So I took a lot of heat for saying the Leafs were going to walk through the North, and the North is terrible. Then they go out and lose two stinkers to Vancouver. 
Like, what's going on? Did they hear my podcast, the Leafs, and say, you know what, we're going to lose a few just to make the, the North look better? What, what do you make of this? Uh, I don't really make anything of it other than just I, I agree with you. I think the Leafs – I mean, a lot of people are saying, like, hey, they heard what you said. They're like, yeah, the Leafs have this plus-minus differential and whatever and these stats. It's like, yeah, that's the whole point. They're playing against – the, the, the weakest division in the league. You know what I mean? Like, they're trying to compare numbers to, to guys in another division, but it just doesn't even out that way. So, um, I think you're right. I think the Leafs are going to be – I don't think it's like – I don't think they're, they're miles behind some of the other teams you mentioned, like the, the Vegas, the Boston, and uh, Tampa, St. Louis. But I, I think, yeah, I think they are going to be challenged in a way they haven't been challenged yet when they, when they, if, they, if and when they make it out of their division. Just say they play Colorado or Vegas first round. What does the series end up being? Uh, five or six. They win or lose? Lose. Well, I don't know. Colorado, I like them against Colorado. Vegas, uh, I like Vegas. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. But I, I, do think, I do think Colorado would win that series also, actually. I, I don't think Toronto makes it out of the first round. It's funny. I did an interview with a, some TSN people. And they're trying to kind of make it seem like, well, if Toronto just makes it to the semifinals, that's a win. And I told them, like, it's not a win because they're just making it out of the North Division. It's not the real semifinals. But they're trying to justify it. It's like, well, they made it to the second last round. That's good for Toronto. And I was like, no, it's not. It's not the same thing as a regular season where you have to play Boston first round or Pittsburgh or Washington or any of these other teams first round. It's not the same. So... If you're Toronto and you're a Toronto fan and you're justifying yourself saying, well, they had a good year because they made it to the Final Four, you're fooling yourself. That's not a good year. They definitely should make it to the Final Four. If they don't, this is an utter failure of a season. So they need to make it to the Final Two for this to be the successful season for the Toronto Maple Leafs because right now they are walking through this season. Like There's there's not a team in that division who should even be close to them. Every team, they are head and shoulders above in every aspect of the game forward defense goaltending maybe not goaltending but they are just head and shoulders above every other, every other team in this league talent wise so they need to make it to the stanley cup finals for this to be a successful season for the toronto maple leafs if they don't it's a failure black and white Heard black it here. And white. It, the, the production they're getting from spezza the production they're getting for joe zach bogosian all these guys they brought in it's working they're doing their thing when wayne simmons come back he's going to produce hopefully like he was doing it this is their year. Everything they brought in, everybody they brought in, it's working. We'll see how Galchenyuk fits in. I don't think he's played a game yet. I don't know what is going on with that situation. I, I don't know. Maybe Keith saw him. He's like, yeah, yeah, not that good. He's, <laughs> he's, not, he's not good enough to, to supplant a top six guy that I already have there. And he's a top That's six true. forward. Yeah. So for me to put him on a checking line or a defensive forward line would be doing Galchenyuk a disservice. He'd be doing a team a disservice. So maybe he's waiting to put him in a top six. We'll see. Are you yawning? How's the COVID going, Tim? Uh, it's fine. I'm just tired all the time. Yeah? What, what, what's your, your status on your recovery? How far out are you? Today's the last. Today's the 10th day since symptoms started. So, so technically tomorrow I can – go back out into the world if and when uh, the big thing was like, as long as you don't have a fever, but I never had one anyway. So I'm probably still going to wait a few more days until I'm feeling better. But most of my symptoms are gone. Just kind of have that sort of pressure in the head and sinuses. And, and just, like I said, pretty lethargic and low energy. What's your post COVID plans, your celebration? 
Oh man, I'm just gonna hit all the bars in town. You know, just breathe, breathe on everybody. Like, don't worry, <laughs> yeah. already yeah. had it. Taking sips Fine. of everyone's drinks and doesn't matter. I'm I'm untouchable now, COVID wise. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you're feeling better. You and George LaRock. You guys are yeah. just, uh, you're going to run that marathon together. It's going to be great. Yeah, maybe head to the, the Scott household for dinner once I'm, once I'm feeling better. You need to have 40 days of uh, quarantine after COVID to make sure it's out of your system. Uh, I don't think there's any science to back that up. Uh, that's my rule. Okay. Uh, I just go by the science. 40 days. That's what I heard. That's I'll see you heard. this summer, John. Um, we'll see. I'll call you. but anyways thank you everybody for listening we'll get back to some regular hockey talk uh during the week i hope you enjoyed the show and uh we'll talk to you later cheers everybody thanks for listening to dropping the gloves with john scott a member of the nation network of podcasts subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode 